Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Matt, welcome to Birdland tonight. And uh, the Orioles won tonight. We'll get to that in a yeah. moment. But for once, the or- we have more hosts than the Orioles have scored runs tonight. As Matt's joining me, my co-host over at Section 336. Yeah, yeah. I heard, uh, listened to the game, some of the game on the radio. One of the stats was like the Orioles are 0-8 when they score two runs um, or or fewer. And, I mean, tonight they only scored one run. And thankfully, I mean, the other team, um, if the other team would have scored two, I mean, uh, they, they, they would have won. <laughs> oh, if the other team scored more, they would have won. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. We'll get to that. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Remember, Birdland tonight, go ahead and share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you go and subscribe. Uh, hit the little notification, subscribe to the podcast, do the reviews, and keep spreading the word that this is the post-game show. Uh, for the fan, by fans, the only post-game show if you're an out-of-town Oriole fan like I am. So, all right, Matt, That's well said. two questions. You said you yeah. listened to part of the game on the radio. Yeah, I got off to a rough start there with that. I think I might got that stat wrong. But, yeah, this is part of the game on the radio. Um, yeah, and then part at home. I was driving part of it. All right, gotcha. Um, an exciting ending with this uh, strike three to shut out the game. Sure. How delayed was the call, and can you notice that there's no excitement in the TV broadcast? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I have a lot of notes I want to get to in the game. That was, and I wasn't sure if it was because the Masson app that I'm watching the game on, right? Like I use the <laughs> no, Masson app. No, it's the broadcast crew. The game. And I think, well, maybe that's just delayed, and it's not just, no. Because it's kind of ridiculous. I do the same thing, yes. And the other part that you, you, you notice, like every big moment, you realize, the guy swings and misses, and then the call is made. Yes. But the other thing that was really annoying, there were several incidents in this game um, where it was three two counts, and like you want to know is the, and there's a player on first base, and you want to know if he's running or not or, or not, um, and you never know until like after the ball is hit, you see the guy you know winds up at third right. base like oh yeah he was running because these announcers don't know and- the announcer can't say the guy's running. I mean maybe they have a camera angle that does that. But they never commented right. on on if the player was running or not. The and they were told they don't even see it. We're told know. that they have all the camera angles in the booth and they can see all this stuff. But yeah. it, when you watch the game, <laughs> these away games, it sounds like they're watching the same feed that I'm watching and just then giving their commentary. Yeah, 
And even even like when um when when the when, I mean there's two hits batters um in today's game, and even when they were talking, I listened to the radio for both the hit batters, and when they were talking about Chernos and Mullins, it was like. You know, you could just tell they were waiting for the replay to explain what happened <laughs> because they, they didn't see what happened. Um, and you feel like if they were in person, they would get a different perspective. It's right. just, it's all so, so silly. Yeah, it is. But I felt like today, today I think exemplified it more than it had for these other away games just because that final moment should be exciting. Yeah. You should be cheering. Yeah. And, and, and the excitement always feels delayed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it it's very odd. It does. But, uh, Man, how about this this pitching staff? I was just checking. I guess we'll st- we'll talk a little bit about the game. Uh, as the Orioles won zero to one, like every game the Orioles play this year, it's super close. One run, two run games. Yeah. One run game. Another game that the Orioles shut out the Oakland A's after shutting out the Yankees on Sunday. So it's two shutouts in a week. When do you think the last time the Orioles had two shutouts in a week was? Josh, we have three shutouts this season. I don't think we had any shutouts last year. Oh, you're right. We have three. Three this season. Yeah, you're right. We got one last week. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable. And and it's a bunch of guys where it's like, you're like, wait, who? Why is this starting? Like, I get Jordan Lyles started today. yeah, well, and, and that was dumb of me to say that we had their, their shutouts because, of course, last year we had a John Means no hitter. hitter. Right, we had some. Um, but, but, but to that point, it's not like you have a starter going eight innings just dominant. Like, all these are like starters going four innings or five innings tonight and but then the bullpen pitching too. So it's not just like one guy pitching well. You have to have like five guys pitching well for this to happen, a shutout to happen. Right. The starters are only going four or five innings. Right. Not because they suck. We're used to them going four innings because they suck, but going right. four innings because of this whole baby and the, the pitchers in. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's unbelievable how it doesn't matter who's on the mound, the, the pitching's doing well. And I get the whole, we're hit, we hit the A's during COVID. Okay, fine. We hit them at a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we still shut them out. Yeah, I mean, and, it's embarrassing that we lost the first two games of the series. I, I think it's a little bit embarrassing. Well, I think uh, I think it's – I mean, when you look at the schedule, we lost – We just go back to week game one. We lost by one run, a 1-2 yeah. game. Then we lost 3-5. That Sunday there was, game – And there were some errors involved yeah, in that, in that yeah. loss. That's, that opened up the floodgates a little bit. That yeah. Sunday game, 0-8, to eight, was the only ugly game of the season. Yeah. Every other game in this season we've been in, we won two nothing. We uh, lost four to five, a game we could have won. Lost two to four, a game we could have won. Won two to one. Lost two to five, a game we could have won. Won five nothing. But yeah, right. Those losses. Yeah, that Oakland game, we gave up one run. We lost one to five on Monday night. We gave up one earned run because of stupid errors. It's unbelievable that. This pitching staff is now number four in all of Major League Baseball, number two in the American League. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to, you know, we talked about this in, uh, in the past couple of years, how to watch a rebuilding team. And part of it is kind of pacing yourself and maybe not watching every game, but like picking your spots. And I do, like I, I start watching every game and then I kind of see how it goes. But this year it's been forcing me to watch almost every game to the end, because as you said, every game has been close. But if you look at today's game, I think it's a perfect example. So Jordan Lyle starts, pitches five innings, six strikeouts, one walk, five hits, pitches really well. Yeah. 
gives up no runs, obviously. <laughs> that's um, how a shutout works. Yes, yeah, how a shutout works. All these stats I'm going to give on pitchers, they all give up zero runs. Wow. Um, he, he, uh, he, he's a free agent signing. But a free agent signing that everyone was a little bit skeptical on. Not skeptical. Everyone was like, yeah, a typical Orioles move. Guys, it's not yes. going to do anything. Guy, he's an innings eater, which is an yes. innings eater is a nice way to say he gives up a lot of runs, but he'll also just throw a lot of pitches. Right. Um, while he gives a lot of runs. Um, and, and then after him, you have Paul Fry, who, who comes in. Um, I think he's, from all the guys that pitched today, I think he's kind of the longest tenured Oriole. The, the 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 most well-known, the kind of the veteran Oriole, but also a guy who recently, as early as last year, struggled. I mean, last year, an ERA of over six runs a game, but pitched a scoreless inning. And then after him, you have Tate. Tate, who is, his story is just fascinating. You know, Tate, people forget. Dylan Tate was a number four overall pick, first round number four overall pick back in 2015 from the Texas Rangers. Never could figure it out. Went to the Yankees. Could still not figure it out. Ended up coming to the Orioles in part of the Zach Britton trade. Um, still trying to figure it out. And it seems like, you know, I mean, last year at the area over four. But this year so far, he's been really good. So maybe Dylan Tate has figured it out. Then, then you go from that guy. And he's, I mean, and we're talking about he was drafted back in, what, two, 2015. So Dylan Tate's 27, still trying to figure it out. Then you go to Baker, Brian Baker, who heard of him before the season started. He was just picked up of waivers. No, I believe my quote for Brian Baker was, is this a real guy? Is this just yeah. a made-up name? Yeah, I mean, you appreciate the alliteration there with the name, but he was just picked up of waivers from, from the Blue Jays this past offseason. Considered a rookie, I think he threw a handful of games for the Blue Jays last year, but considered a rookie, but no real major experience. But now he's pitching these high-level situations. And then the game is closed by... No other than none other than Jorge Lopez, a guy who we know last year had an ERA over six, and the year before that had an ERA over six, um, and we were all kind of wondering why this guy is still with the team, a kind of a failed starter. Um, but here's a guy who looks to—I mean, his stuff—he's throwing upper nineties. His stuff looks dominant, uh, and again, th- this is a guy who is 29 years old was drafted back back in 2011 um, and eventually made his way here with the Orioles. But it's just, it's remarkable that it's just a bunch of, if you look at our bullpen, I mean, all the credit in the world to Michael Elias, because look at our bullpen, it's a bunch of guys who were kind of hadn't worked out in the past, had struggled or, you know, were picked off of waivers. Um, it's not yeah. a bunch of guys, like young guys in their 20s with electric stuff who, you know, were bust. It's a bunch of veteran guys in their in their upper twenties, who are just finally getting an opportunity or trying to kind of figure stuff out. So good on Mike Elias for kind of you know patchworking this bullpen together. No free agent signings really in that bullpen, right? No. Uh, there, there's no money and in that. bullpen. Don't forget, we traded our best two pit, our best two guys in the bullpen it's, last year. Well, and Tanner Salser, Scott and Cole Salser was our best, yeah. and Tanner Scott is who we all thought had the best stuff. Yeah, he, our most talented. Yeah, yeah, and our like numbers the best. Yeah, bullpen guys. So James is. Not, it doesn't feel like we're missing those guys right now. Yeah, James is pointing out over on uh, our YouTube channel that we didn't get our third shutout last year until July 18th, 92 games into the season. That's wild. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, and yeah. this is this was what game 12, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so. wild. So I mean, 
I, I mean, I, I tweeted this out earlier. Like the the lack of offense is really frustrating. Oh, and it's really kind of surprising too. But the pitching, like it's a little surprising. The offense has struggled. It's mind blowing to me I, <laughs> that these bums, Jorge Lopez, these yeah. waiver wire pickups, this Jordan Lyles, this you know bottom rung free agent signing, who's Bruce managing, Zimmerman, <laughs> Bruce Zimmerman, right? These are the guys that are are kind of this leading the Felix Batista, who has a kind of a wild story about you know been given up on by by teams and. And and making a comeback, and it's just every guy has his own little Those, wild journey to to the majors, and they're all kind of pitching well at the same time. It's it's pretty remarkable. I don't know how long this will last, know. but right now when, it's pretty remarkable. When was the last time you watched an Oriole game for the pitching? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember yeah. ever being comfortable with the pitching in yeah. the Orioles, except for maybe like a Zach Britton in the back end, but. It's it's yeah, so yeah. In, in, in those years when we had Brad Brock and, and Zach Britton, right. those were like big name guys, right? Who you know signed big contracts and 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 Darren O'Day, who were kind of veteran established guys. But I mean, no other. If you're not an Orioles fan, you you can't name a bullpen. Well, arm. and you that's can't the name thing. A single guy in our bullpen. The Orioles right now, number four. Uh, in the majors, I don't know how to this these websites work with the stats. I'm guessing we have one of the top. We have the top bullpen. I don't know because yeah. our rotation's I, I not the best. Yeah. So I would think the fact that we're number four with a team ERA of 2.57. I mean, we've prayed for years to have one pitcher that could be under 300. So yeah. to have a team ERA of 2.57 is impressive. But no one outside of Baltimore is going to talk about this. Because our, our our lineup is so bad at hitting the ball, our wrists, the runners in scoring position. We talk about this every night on Birdland tonight. It went 0 for six today, yeah, which isn't yeah. horrible, but that means they didn't have many opportunities with runners in scoring position. Eleven for ninety nine right now for the season. That's yeah. that's some ugly numbers. Yeah, and it's hard to tell how much of that is. Because running scoring position is just your batting average when runners are in scoring position. Yeah, second like, or third that base. Mean, like you're just bad hitters, or is that just kind of bad luck? Like, for example, Trey, Trey, Trey Mancini had a. Um, I mean, he he's hitting the ball hard, and I know it's not showing up in the stat sheet, but like he had a ball hit today over 100 miles per hour off the bat, just right out, right, right at somebody. No, it's um, and you no. saw the output for Oakland made it made a couple great catches. Yeah, but so, this is this number is about bad pitching because what really has amplified this number with risks is, and the fact that our scores are so low is because a lot of those risks are strikeouts where we're getting sure. guys on and then we're striking out three times because sure. because you can. You, it won't count as a as a risk as a hit, but if you get guys on second and you can hit the ball to the outfield, you can move them to third, move them in. You can manufacture runs that way, and we're not even doing that. Yeah, and the disappointing thing about this lineup is, you would think, like, okay, what's if if, if you told me this is that our, our run, you know, our run scoring was what it is, I would say, okay, what's probably happening is the top of the lineup is getting on base. And then you get the second half lineup, and they're not driving in the runs, and you just have this imbalanced half lineup. But it's right. not true. Like Trey Mancini, Cedric Mullins are getting opportunities with, with runners scoring positions, and they're just not take t- taking advantage. Even today's game, to focus on today's game as it's Berlin tonight, this is 
I mean, Ryan McKenna had had the big hit, the double, and then Chris Owens um, had the hit. To, or Gutierrez had the 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 error it was qualified as. They had to drive men, but the run scoring came from the bottom of our lineup, led right. with Ryan McKenna's double, and it's not coming from Mullins or Mancini or Mountcastle. And they had some opportunities today, and they struggled. Um, Mountcastle had a really rough game with two strikeouts, and both strikeouts were. Balls that were out of the zone. Even even his, I mean, his last ground out was a ball that was, you know, a foot high. Um, Santander. Is- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's playing really well. Um, I mean, well, and maybe we can get into this on Section 336 on when we did that show, but the Orioles' walk rate actually is really high this year. It's, you know, it's top, top in the majors, the, the walk rate. So they're walking a lot more. And I don't know if there's a connection there between their being too patient, and so for that reason, the batting average is going down because they're 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 getting, they're just being too patient and they're and they're missing right. opportunities to, to swing good pitches. Um, but yeah, but it's if you look at the lineup, I mean, Odo, the second half lineup: Odor, Chernos, McKenna, Gutierrez, oh. Owens. That's not a good lineup. I mean, the, no. the second half, but that's where our run came. Like we scored a run because of the second half of the lineup. You would think the runs are coming from Mullen, Santander, Mancini, Mountcastle, but that's not right. that top lineup that you would at least expect to produce. They're not producing. I mean, it's interesting because tonight, tonight we even saw Chris Owens get a hit, who never gets a hit, and Ryan McKenna, who never gets a hit, get a hit tonight. Those guys yeah. got hit. Um, Torino's got uh, hit by the pitch in the first inning. Or yes, um, yeah. No, yeah, got hit in the face. In the face, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Hyde says that they think the Orioles dodged a bullet and it's just a facial contusion. <laughs> so, yeah. and then that was the part we listened on the radio, but it, it seemed like it described where it hit his shoulder and then hit his face. Right. But he was pulled from the game and ben, and uh, Ben Boom was 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 taking his place. But that's I just thought about this when I was watching because Mullins was hit just before that, I believe. Yep. And Mullins was hit like on the toe or something of the foot. He was fine. Um, but there should, Josh, this is my, my rule suggestion. I always have rule ideas. I, rule idea. I feel like there should be a different like penalty for hitting someone in the foot compared to hitting someone in the face. Like, I feel like it was a little ridiculous. You get hit in the face and you go to first base. I think you should at least be able to go to second base if he throws you yeah, at your foot. But then you're, then you're going to have the guys where, where it's being thrown out of the guy's foot and the guy's going to dive down to get his head down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, think, I, I think can't, shoulder ups should go to second base. That's, yeah, yeah. that's my new rule. Change. Yeah, I don't, but, th- I don't think I'm going to go with that rule change. Okay. okay. But yeah, it's and, it's so frustrating yeah. because how do you fix this lineup? They keep trying to rearrange it. They keep trying to when it's your big hitters who aren't doing anything. 
There's nothing yeah. you can do. We, we yeah, hoped like, a, a trip um, out west would help. It doesn't. And the lack of power, too. Like, just, uh, I mean, I saw, I think yesterday, Ryan Mackhouse hit, hit, hit a double, and I was like, all right, good for Ryan Mackhouse. Right. And then I thought, I, I saw it was his first double the season. Like, what? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Mackhouse, his first double the season? Like, dude. And, and just the lack of power in the lineup. But I know this is across baseball, whether the home runs are down. Right. But just the lack of power. But you look at Mullins, that 191. Mancini, 244. Though Mancini, I think, is hitting the ball a lot better than 244. Mountcastle, 229. And then our infield just doesn't have very good players, right? Like Odor, Owens, Gutierrez. I don't expect those guys to hit the ball. No, like Mateo's the star of that infield. Yeah. Hey, listen, I've been, and he didn't play today. No, he didn't play. I really was not talking about it. I've been super impressed. It seems like every ball he hits. He hits on a line drive. Yep. So I've been super impressed with Ma- Ma- Mateo. We'll talk about yeah, that tomorrow on 336. So. Yeah, and I guess they were resting guys because uh, Urias and Mateo were out. Of well, because today, today was the weird start, the 6 o'clock start where they bumped the game up because of weather or something. Yeah, I, tomorrow's an afternoon game. Somehow yeah. I missed the memo that today's game got bumped up to 6 o'clock. Yeah. I thought it was still a 940 game. And then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes before the game, I realized that it was a, a evening game. It's a weird start. And yeah, tomorrow's a 3 o'clock start, which is great timing because we'll be able to watch that game and do Section 336 after that. Yeah, if there is a game. I think they're calling for a lot of rain tomorrow, too. Okay. I didn't know Oakland got rain. I thought Oakland was California. It's just always perfect weather. Well, you know, I was looking, I was watching the game, and I commented to my son that, like, look, there's no one in the stands. There was 3,000 people at the game yesterday. There was less today, Josh. There was what's the number? I looked at the basketball. It was two thousand something today. It was in the two thousands today. Uh, for all the crap that Oriole fans give the Orioles for Oriole fans not or for Oriole fans not showing up, it was two thousand seven hundred and three yeah. people there. We've never had it that low in Camden Yards. And, and my wife commented that well, it's probably because the weather. But and it looked like if you looked in that, like people were dressed with hoodies and like wool caps and like, and yes. like oh man, it was probably really cold. And then I looked at the game time temperature. You know what it was? It was 66 degrees. <laughs> That's beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, come on. It was, it was, yeah, it was like 50s here. So, yeah, um, yeah get, 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 out, get out of here with, with the weather. Um, and, and I don't blame Oakland fans. I mean, they sold off their team in the offseason. So, I mean, I don't blame them for not showing up. But, yeah, that was an empty, empty stand. Is it? Is it? I, I just I don't know what to do with this pitching because I love it. I'm enjoying it, but we can't believe it. We can't trust this pitching, right? Something like, yeah, like it's like, not like, hey, let's hurry up and bring up guys out of the minors to support this infield and score some runs because our pitching is working. I can't trust it. I can just enjoy it. Yeah, and I mean, and 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 with the injury to John Means. And that kind of called up Chris Ellis, but then Chris Ellis all of a sudden like looked really good. Yeah. Um, so you're like, wait, what? And then Chris, Chris Ellis, who like threw like four balls to start the game yesterday, and then somehow got it together. Yeah, Chris Ellis is weird. He he would throw, he would like get a bunch of guys out, and then like just decide for a batter. I'm just going to throw four balls right. out of the strike zone, and then he'd get back into it and start and start playing playing well again. But that like the first game of the series. Um, where we had all the all or, all the un, unowned runs, yeah, like that was the, that, that 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 felt a little more like okay, like I'm not completely shocked. And then 
was it who who gave up a bunch of runs? Was it what did, did Lakins give up a bunch of runs recently? And 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 like you expect Lakins Lakins to come in, tra, tra, Travis Lakins to come in and give up runs. Yeah, that was on uh, that was over the weekend with the Yankees. Oh, it was the Yankees, yeah. And, and that was like expected, and that was like normal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was Saturday like, that night was last weekend. On Saturday, Saturday night, yeah. like like and came out, yeah. and he got the, he ended up getting the loss because it was a, and that was a game where it was winnable, and it had the weird hail delay. Yeah, never seen hail before. Yeah, and that was, but that's like what you expect. Like you expect you bring up these guys from the minors who don't have great track records against good offenses are going to struggle. What's been right. amazing, and you're right, is that a lot of these pitchers don't have great track records in the majors, yet they're all playing really well. And it's not just that they're, like, getting lucky. Jorge Lopez, he looked freaking dominant. Yeah. He looked dominant. Felix Batista, he doesn't look like he's just kind of like – he doesn't look like – here's a comparison. He doesn't look like Cesar Valdez, where Cesar Valdez with his freaking dead fish, like, he looked, like, fun to watch, but you knew – at some point, players are going to square up on this stupid 85-mile-per-hour pitch coming in. Like Felix Bautista, Jorge Lopez, when they pitch, you're like, how is anyone going to hit this? Like, they just look they look great. So I don't feel like it's just them getting lucky or, like, their balls have movement. Um, and so that's – there's ball, I mean, I assume their balls will continue to move like this. And so, yeah, it makes you kind of more optimistic. And maybe this is all that – you know, coaching and training, and some of them right. starting to pay, and and Elias having a, enough chance to kind of filter through guys and find the guys he likes. Um, but yeah, the pitching has been, you know, you know what, can't say enough good things. About I don't know it. if it's yeah, I don't know if it's pitching coach or what. Uh, what's going on there? But at the same time, Norfolk. Tides, Bowie Bay Sox, Aberdeen Ironbirds, they're all at the top of their division, so it all checks out for having the best farm system in baseball. Yeah, and what so, are they also doing, Josh? Those, especially Norfolk, they're, hitting they're the scoring ball. a ton of runs. Yeah, they're hitting they're the ball. Score. Bowie had like 20 runs the other night. Yeah, why do you, <laughs> scoring why do you think everyone wants, they want, if you go on Twitter, everyone wants Nevins and uh, Gunnar Henderson up. And, and Jordan Westbrook. Jordan Westbrook. Yes. Because they're all hitting the ball. They're putting up good numbers. Yeah. And you're watching, and it's hard. And and today, Chris Owens, it wasn't an error, but I mean, there was an amazing moment in the eighth inning where the Athletics got runners on first and third with no outs. And there's a couple things to point out here because this is the biggest moment of the game: first yeah. and third, no outs. Orioles up one nothing, eighth inning, bottom of the eighth inning. Brian Baker's pitching. First of all, to get to the situation, there was a run on first, then a hard hit ball to short, and it was it was a hard hit to shortstop. But it went right by him. I think it nicked off the glove. Yeah, it hit the glove. It did. Uh, and Chris Owens was playing shortstop. A play that I want a shortstop to make. It was a hard play, but a play I want shortstop to make. And, and Odor made an, an error the, the, the other day as well. And it's like whenever Chris Owens uh, or Odor make an error, yeah. it's like that whole confirmation bias thing. Like, I really yeah. don't like them. Right. And Send them home. You're making an error too. Like, if Cedric Mullins makes an error, whatever. But if Chris Owens makes an error, even even makes a play that you think he sh- doesn't make a play you think he should make, it just amplifies it so yeah, much. Yeah, totally. Um, so like I'm done with him. But anyway, first and third, and then Baker strikes out the next guy, and then Manager Hyde, you know, it makes just a brilliant move by pulling in Lopez for a five out save. And you're like, what are you doing? This is Jorge Lopez asking right. him to get five outs, coming with a runner on first and third. Jorge Lopez, of course, strikes the next guy out. And then gets the next guy out. I think a ground bar or something, and, and gets and gets the third player out. 
um, and gets out of the inning. First and third, no outs. They end up giving up no runs, obviously, in that situation. Um, and that was uh, they were. And then Lopez looks dominant in the ninth, and and, and they get the win. Um, but props to manager Hyde for pulling all the right strings there with the bullpen. And I guess credit goes to Elias for putting this bullpen together. And credit goes for um, to manager Hyde so far for I guess using the bullpen well. Um, though unfortunately, you want to give him credit for using the bullpen well. But unfortunately, a manager is ultimately judged by his record. And right now, the his record, right? You know, is four and eight, which is nothing to be proud of. Which is, again goes back to yeah, this lineup has been so sucky that it's yeah. crazy that we are four and eight with the way this pitching staff has been going. But we'll yeah, get. But, yeah, but the obvious, uh, the obvious like ways to improve the offense is do something with second base. And shortstop in third. Yes. And you have all those guys in the minors. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the guys that are closest, the guy that's closest is like a guy like Kyle Kyle Stowers, who unfortunately is an outfielder. He can't help you. Right. I think Tyler Nevin's interesting because he can play third base. I think Alex Scam may be the next guy up. Um, But, you know, Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson's are still in double A. Right. And I would like to see them fast tracked. But I also see like the Orioles. I think Michael Elias has made it very clear that it doesn't matter what happens at the major league level, it's not he's not going to let it affect his development. And these guys will come up when they're when they aren't learning anymore in the minors. Yep, uh, I mean Grayson Rodriguez pitched tonight for Norfolk. Right, we had Five great out third. John eight Means strikeouts, right. one hit. John Means yeah. goes down. You would think that's a great window to bring in Grayson Rodriguez or Kyle Bradish or someone, and they don't. So yeah. he's not ready for that yet. Yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, he'll, he'll throw in Chris Ellis. He'll throw in Travis Lakins, whatever. He'll throw him to, 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 to the lambs, to the slaughter. But, yeah, he's not touching those prospects unless it's the timing's right and everything's right. right. Well, and we'll see. We'll see how this works out for Michael Elias. I, I mean, it's fine because, listen, if, if we had these guys, okay, what, we'd be, what, five and seven maybe? Like, we're not – I don't think it makes us an immediate World Series contender if we had Kyle Bradish, right? Yeah. So do your thing, Michael Elias. But um, – I, I mean, you can understand why Birdland is getting impatient for some of these players to be here. Of course. And we'll talk a lot about more about this on Section 336 tomorrow, and as well as, like, <laughs> there's offensive woes, uh, yeah. clearing guys like DJ Stewart, more into the farm system, and what we do without John Means. But tomorrow the Orioles have a... 3.37 start, so a weird start time. I like the 3.37 start because it means like right when work is winding down, you get to turn yeah. on the Orioles. I prefer a 3.36 start, but whatever. I'll take 3.37. Yeah, I, I hear you. But uh, So it's Tyler Wells versus uh, Blackburn, and Blackburn's one of, a pretty good pitcher for the Athletics. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about him. I, I know something about Charlie Blackburn, who this used is, to play for the Rockies, or maybe still does play for the Rockies. I don't know. But I don't know anything no, about him. Is, no, this is Paul Blackburn. Uh-huh. He's got one win this season. He's pitched in two games. He's got a 1.80 ERA, and he's got 10 strikeouts over 10 innings. All right. And the but Orioles love good, he would have been traded. So, yeah. But the Orioles love to strike out. So yeah. last year he had a 5.47 ERA. So it'll be interesting to see how the Orioles line up. When we need hit-in, facing the guy that gets a bunch of strikeouts is not seem like something that's going to wake up these bats. Yeah, and, Ty- and Ty- Tyler Wells on the Orioles side seems like an interesting case because the first start he was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Um, and then he had a bounce-back start um, against against the Yankees. So let's see if we see the 
you know, the Tampa, against Tampa Bay in his first start, Tyler Wells, or against the Yankees, Tyler Wells. I'm, I think we're still waiting to see Tyler Wells as a starter. Will this work out or not? So, and and how long will he go and all that stuff? And then after that, we head to face the, on the face the Angels, and the difference with the Angels is the Angels have been putting up runs. So it's going to yeah. be a big test on our pitching staff, big test on the bullpen. And our, in order to win some of those games, our lineup's going to have to score some runs. Yep, because they, they have a good offense as well, right? Right. Trout and Otani and them. Yeah, sure. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for uh, joining me on Birdland tonight. It's nice to do it with someone else and not on my own for a little change up. And I know we're doing Section 336 a little late this week, so I know you've got a bunch of stuff you're anxious to talk about tomorrow night on yep. Section 336. So make sure you follow at Section 336 show over on Twitter. And Facebook and all the same stuff, just like you do for Birdland tonight, because we will be live on there tomorrow night around 8.30 p.m. And we even got a new look for the video. I think we'll be have a nice, fresh look for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So, All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.